How many times have you been a part of a grand opening for a brand new church? <laughs> or, or anything, have you ever been to a grand opening? It's fun being a part of something brand new. I've heard that Chick-fil-A offers free chicken sandwiches for a year if you go to one of their grand openings. If you go to a restaurant that just opens up, I had a friend that did that. She had to stay overnight, basically camp in the parking lot in order to get that. And uh, so we're starting our grand opening of a church. We, I don't have chicken sandwiches for everybody, <laughs> but at least you didn't have to stay up late in a parking lot in order to be with us here online and uh, also when we're in person gathering for this service. My name is Bruce Wood. I am the lead pastor of Valley Lights Church. My wife and I, we have four kids. And back when we got married, we found an incredible church and it was a place where I was able to get some tremendous training and development. Um, I learned a lot about church-related stuff, but I also got a lot of development as a person, um, skills and leadership. And along the way, after being there for many years, I got a vision to start a new church. And uh, so we eventually we were sent out with a team of 18 people, adults and kids. And uh, we, came, we came to start this church with a group of people that wanted to be part of something new. And whenever you start a new venture, uh, you know, you might want a backup plan. As a team, we don't have a backup plan. We, we've gone all in. Uh, people have on the team have come from Riverside, um, Alhambra in Los Angeles, and even Simi Valley. And God made it very clear to each of us that he wanted us to take this step and to start this. And it's been exciting. Um, there's been a lot of commitment required. In fact, some of the people that are helping us get this church started needed to get new jobs in the area locally. Um, some needed to sell their home. And just about all of us required, it was required that we start over with relationships, moving into a new area, um, saying goodbye to a lot of friends from the areas that we came from. But since we've moved, it's been really exciting being a part of a new community, learning a new city. Um, I've had a lot of fun meeting our neighbors um, on our street. There's other families with kids and I've gotten a chance to explore our city and find out what they have to offer here and what kind of things go on in community life. And I'm a pretty outdoorsy guy too, so I've, I've loved exploring the parks and the hiking trails, and we even got to enjoy a weekend in um, one of the mountain towns nearby, up near Mount Pinos. One of the things I've had to do since I got here though, is find a new favorite gas station. <laughs> and for me, the, right, the, the best gas station is one that's very close to the house, but also cheap. So it's gotta be the right combination of distance and price. And uh, so I've been looking around for that and uh, I was driving back home with one of my sons and um, he was looking at the gas gauge from the back seat. And he, um, the light hadn't even come on yet, but he wanted me to stop to fill up the gas tank. And I said, relax. You know, it's all right. I, I've, uh, after 34 years of living, I've never run out of gas, and um, I have a good routine for this. I mean, I basically wait a good amount of time after the light comes on, and um, I mean, to me, why go to a gas station if there's already, if there's still gas in the tank? I'd rather wait until it's all the way empty, then fill it up. That's like the most efficient thing to do in my mind. And so I told him, just relax, and so we made it home safely. Well, a week later, I kid you not, we were driving on my whole family. We're in the van and uh, the car shuts off completely. The van shuts down, power steering and everything. We're driving down um, a real busy road in Santa Clarita, McBean. And um, by God's grace, these busy intersections just opened up and there was green lights, enough for us to coast into a neighborhood. And uh, as we you know, coast into this um, neighborhood and park on the side of the road, 
I turned around and I told my son, you remember when I said I've never run out of gas? He said, yeah, that's not true anymore. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I learned, we learned, we all learned some things on that day. Um, he learned that dad doesn't always have it under control. And I learned that you don't have to be a grown-up to be concerned about the future and, and have, have some fears. And it turns out his concerns were ju justified in this time. But, you know, I think my son is not the only one who's, who's run scenarios in his mind about bad things happening this year. Uh, it's, uh, it's probably going to be an interesting year. I saw a meme online, a picture that had a, it was a tidal wave, and it was labeled 2020. And behind it was an enormous tidal wave, even bigger, called 2021. <laughs> and I thought, I hope that's not the reality that we're walking into. But do you, do you feel like you know what to expect this year? I mean, do you feel like you've got a grip on what's going to happen? The amount of trouble and loss that each of us have experienced over the past few months, it's, it's varied from person to person. But I think one thing that we all have in common probably is that we're living in a time of great uncertainty. And uh, I remember as a kid, I would, I would see old men reading newspapers in the morning, and I would think, who would want to read a newspaper? <laughs> that seems so uninteresting. And, and more than once, like multiple days in a row. And now I'm, I'm reaching for the digital newspaper like every day because I want, man, what happened yesterday? What's going to happen tomorrow? I'm trying to get an idea, get my head around what is going on. And there's a, there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty. Well, I'm here right now because I believe that God has called me here to start a church with a team. And you're here online with us watching because you're probably curious to see what this startup is all about. And we're all here together and we have no idea what's going to happen day to day as we move forward into this year. So at the grand opening of a new church, we're launching a message series called Unfazed. The Bible gives guidance that, that we need for every part and experience in life. And so we're going to look at what is the best way to move forward during such unpredictable times. Even in a normal year, there would be no possible way to, to adequately prepare for everything that could happen. Um, it could be economic collapse or war, natural disasters, illness. And there's, there's a lot that just happens in life that you can't prepare for. And we're at a point right now where there's, there's basically no headline that surprises me. <laughs> there's, you know, so much that goes on. And one of the things that I've been feeling uncertain about more recently, uh, just an example of, of uncertainty, is um, what's the long-term influence uh, um, that, 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 that's going on in our culture from powerful businesses or big tech companies? Um, what's, what's the implication of those things? As companies grow larger in size and they have more revenue, they become more powerful. For example, Walmart has more annual revenue than the country of Spain. <laughs> and twice the amount of Russia. Or if you consider, you know, the five global mega corporations that we use basically every day, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, and Google, the amount of, uh, you know, influence and cultural clout from those companies, there's just immeasurable influence that they have over our public and our private lives. And is that a good thing? I don't know. I guess time will tell to see how things move in that direction. Another aspect of uncertainty that, that we deal with is in relationships. And there may be some relationships in your life that are under strain. 
Um, you know, I, I remember talking to a coworker years ago, and she said, well, there's two topics I don't talk about with anybody. My mom always said, don't talk about politics and religion. And I said, noted. <laughs> okay, I want to talk to you about those things. And uh, I, I wonder if I were to talk to someone like that today, if, if she would have a longer list of things, because it feels like there's all kinds of things that um, are difficult or, or divisive or challenging topics. Sometimes if you're talking with somebody, you don't know what their position is, you know, it kind of feels like you're, you're, you go into conversation and there may be some like hidden landmines that you're looking out for and you, you don't know how, how someone will respond to a certain thing. Um, all of the uncertainty that we experience in, in our life and things that are going on right now in our world, in our country, all of the uncertainty can lead to anxiety and fear. Um, th these things can just start occupying our minds, you know, throughout the day and just keep, keep elevating heart rate. Um, the fear that comes from that can, can, can start affecting our behavior. We're, we're avoiding certain things or, or avoiding certain people. Um, at a certain point, if, if we're dealing with a lot of fear, we can become more, more preoccupied with the risk and the danger that we may be facing, even than doing what's right in a situation. So in a time when it's easy to feel uh, discouraged or, or disabled and stalled out, we need a strong foundation to build our lives on. One stable truth that helps us stand firm is that only God can hold us up through uncertainty. Only God can hold us up through uncertainty. We're going to look at a book of the Bible called Psalms that give us, it's, there's a collection of prayers and songs that that they're, they're really honest. Many of them are suspenseful, uh, yet completely confident in God. And the people who wrote these, these psalms, these songs, knew how to stand upon solid ground and, and really how to point us to talk to God when we're not sure what to do. And so there's some promises in Psalm 46 that we can hold on to. In fact, uh, this psalm is one often called Martin Luther's song. Martin Luther was a, a German reformer years ago. And whenever there was any great trouble, youth, Luther used to say, let us sing the 46th Psalm together and then let the devil do his worst. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of hope. And so it starts out this way. It says, God is our refuge and our strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Uh, so refuge means uh, kind of shelter. It actually can even mean cave or a place where you can, can hide out. Um, I don't know if, if your day and your job or your you know, things going on in your life get real stressful and overwhelming. I don't know if you have a place where you retreat to, try to get refreshed and, and hide away from it all. I used to have a neighbor that had a man cave. It was this little shack in his backyard, and uh, he fixed it up real good. I, I, I would see him going in there often, <laughs> almost every day. And so finally, I needed help fixing something. And so I go in there, and he's got tools on the shelf. Uh, he's got pictures of hot rods on the walls, and he had a Western movie playing on the TV. And I thought, this, this is basically what any man cave should be. And, um, and so he, he spent a lot of time in there, and I, I thought, this is, this is a place to get away, but there's probably a limit on um, how much life security you can get by hiding out in a man cave. But in God, we can find true peace and security when life gets really tough and stormy. If we run to him, he will give us the strength to deal with any trouble. And he'll meet us in our present circumstances to provide the help that we need. And I think if God is with me right now, that means the trouble that I'm facing, 
the, the trouble that's in front, front of me right now, it's, it's something that comes through his hand and he's allowing. And because he is good, I can trust him in that. Uh, the, the, this psalm goes on, says, Therefore, because he's our refuge and our, and our strength, therefore we will not be afraid. Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its waters, water roars and foams and the mountains quake with turmoil. Uh, when it's talking about mountains toppling into the sea, that is a natural disaster that doesn't seem possible, like that would never happen. I've ne- I mean, I've never seen that or heard that happening. Um, but it, this is um, a, a, a landscape reference. It's an illustration to, to portray situations that we face in life. And, and I thought over the past couple of years, um, there's some things that have happened in our world that I thought, oh, that would never happen. That could never happen. And then, and then things change, you know, things shift. And so no matter what comes in 2021, um, it could be the worst possible scenario. God is our refuge and our strength, and he's present with us. Even if everything that we knew changed, God will not. And the psalmist says, run to him without fear. Another important truth that we gain from this passage is that turning to God in the middle of uncertainty is how we find joy. You and I can experience an upbeat joy unlike anything else that you can find in life. And and that especially comes when you're right with God and walking with him, relating with him daily. The passage moves from that mountain illustration where the earth has just given way and it's, it's like you've turned to God and you step into this city where there's peace. Um, there's the description, of, you know, there's this place of shelter and then there's this city where we experience God's favor and his grace. And um, the next verse is described like a river. And it's, so it says, there is a river, its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. Whatever river the author had on his mind, it's a symbol of God's grace and uh, the way that he cares for us, and, and then it causes a lot of gladness for us. And, and right now, we have access to God's word, to his spirit, to his resources, and his presence, and all of this flows from him into our lives. It goes on to say, God is within her, it, meaning the city. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. So for those that follow God with their lives, this, the city of God is a place that we're holding out for. I've lived in a handful of cities, um, including uh, cities on both coasts of our country. And I have to say, Santa Clarita is a wonderful city. We have loved living here. But those that follow God are promised something even better, a city that's far greater. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, it says, for we do not have an enduring city here. Instead, we seek the one to come. And it made me think about how so many people are fleeing California. You know, people and businesses have been leaving in, in droves and trying to get out. And, you know, why is that? People are looking for a better city. There's things they're trying to get away from, and there's things that they're trying to secure for themselves. And that's natural. That's, it's pretty understandable. And, you know, when we moved here, our team, uh, we have a lot of confidence in living here, not because we're expecting a life of unending ease and refreshment in L.A. County. Uh, it's because We moved here to stay because we're ultimately um, want to fulfill the mission that God has given us and we're holding out for this city that's yet to come. God brings hope and morning by morning we can experience his faithful work in our lives. 
Uh, it's not that we never experience fear, and there's, there's things that shake us up and rattle us, but we know um, when we follow God, we know where to land, what to do with the stress and the emotions. True stability comes from placing our hope in God and, and our hope for eternity with him. So this psalm continues, nations rage, kingdoms topple, and the earth melts when he lifts his voice. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Uh, that, that last statement is essentially the chorus of this song. It's repeated later. But very often when I've felt overwhelmed, just to remember that the God of this much power and ability is with me, is, it has an incredible calming effect on me. I know, knowing that, that God created me and everything around me and everything on the planet, and that he, after he created it, he now, he now upholds it and sustains it. And he's very involved in all that happens. He's in control of history and the affairs of the world and of nations, and we can find courage and confidence if we run to him. And if you have been walking with God in faith, he's been writing a story of faithfulness by providing for you, providing strength and help that you've needed in life. And so this song closes with this, come see the works of the Lord, which really is, is a call, it's an invitation to keep our eyes focused on him. See the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. And now there's a description of what we anticipate will happen um, where God once and for all will deal with sin and tragedy and loss and pain and he'll bring peace. It says he'll make wars cease throughout the earth he shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. Stop fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. It really is important for us to remember the works of God on a grand scale and also for us to remember to be still and know that he is God. Uh, to be still means to, to stop activity and there's this command to, to think about the ways that God provides for us. He orders the large and the small things uh, that he's exalted among the nations and works daily for our good. The final statement in this passage is a repetition of that chorus. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. And Jesus is the personification of this psalm, even though Jesus came many, many years after it was written. But Jesus truly is God with us. He is the hope that all people need to know. And deciding to follow him activates our ability for us to be unfazed in this life. Following Jesus requires that we stop doing life our way and, and begin living for him and, for, and living for his standards. Whenever we do that, he becomes our present refuge and our future victory. And so he promised to be with us always, even to the very ends of the age. There was a post on social media recently that went viral. It was a message of encouragement to, pat, to uh, written to parents from a youth pastor in Arkansas. Um, I'm a parent of four, and I've dealt with my own concern and worry about the world that my kids are growing up in. In fact, the very first person that I ever met when I, when I came to Santa Clarita was um, an older man out on the hiking trail, and he told me about his concern about his grandkids and uh, just what the world was going to look like that they were growing up in. And that was back in 2019, <laughs> before a lot of the crazy things have happened over, over the past year. But let me read a part of this viral post because of uh, how encouraging it is. Um, the post goes, 
don't feel sorry for or fear for your kids because the world they're going to grow up in is not what it used to be. God created them and called them for the exact moment in time that they're in. Their life wasn't a coincidence or an accident. Don't teach them to be fearful and disheartened by the state of the world, but hopeful that they can do something about it. Every person in all of history has been placed in the time that they were in because of God's sovereign plan. He knew that Daniel could handle the lion's den. He knew that David could handle Goliath. He knew that Peter could handle persecution. He knows that your child can handle whatever challenge they face in their life. He created them specifically for it. Don't be scared for your children, but be honored that God chose you to parent the generation that is facing the biggest challenges of our lifetime. God isn't scratching his head wondering what he's going to do with this mess of a world. He has an army he's raising up to drive back the darkness and make himself known all over the earth. So that was a post that went out and it went viral because of how much hope it, it is you know, filled within those words. But the truth is, it's not true just for our kids. That's true for all of us, that God chose this time in history for, for me and for you, for you to be in the place, in the city where you're living, um, for you even to be online engaging with us right now may be a part of God's bigger plan. And it would appear that there's still a great deal of uncertainty coming You know, this year. Um, we could hang on to the feeble hope that things are just going to get better. But we know, you know, you and I know, trouble comes to each of us. So why not hold on to a hope that's much more certain? God's strength is certain. His presence is certain. And his goodness is so very certain. Walking with him to please him, we can be unfazed by the many types of trouble that we may encounter this year. Next week, our message is going to be unfazed by sickness, where we're looking at that a lot of us are, are faced with the threat of getting sick um, or, or if we're faced with the threat of people that we love getting sick or the, the threat of death itself. And the Bible has a great deal to say about how to handle those things and those concerns. So I, I invite you to come on back and bring someone with you and invite someone to watch online with you. I'm so glad that you carved out this time to um, engage with us and, and check out what we're doing and check out what God is doing through this church. Uh, we'd love to see you again, um, either online or in person at services or events or different um, ways that we have to interact. And uh, if you're local and you come in person, we would love to have your help. We are new and small, and it's going to take a bunch of people to get the church off the ground. And so our services, especially when we meet in the park weekly, um, we could use help with setup or technical things like sound. In fact, the worship team that we have, the, the musicians, they're borrowed from another church. And uh, also, we'll be, we'll, be getting, we'll be starting a children's ministry in the next few weeks that will be a part of what we do out in the park. And uh, we love kids. I love kids. <laughs> That's why we had a bunch of them. And uh, we have a real high value on training the next generation. So let us know if there's any way that you'd like to be a part uh, by volunteering in some way. Use the connection card and let's keep that conversation going. Uh, we hope to build strong, supportive communities of people. And it's interesting how the increased technology that, that we have all have and, and things keep developing, is there's a tremendous amount of convenience that we, we, we have from technology. We, we can be really, really efficient, which means you can do quite a lot in life with a very reduced amount of interaction with other human beings. <laughs> 
And now because of COVID and lockdowns, there's only been an increase in isolation. And so I think now more than ever, we need supportive relationships to be able to turn to one another. And this big issue of, of trusting God with our lives, that, uh, the ability to do that is strengthened when we're doing it with other people. So our vision is to build a certain kind of church. Uh, our vision is to help people find God and to learn to walk with him, to build biblical relationships, really enjoy the kind of relationships that God has designed, and over the long run, uh, train and develop people to uh, learn the skills and the leadership needed to reproduce a church like this and to multiply. As Valley Lights Church, we are people uh, that reflect the light of Jesus, who is the true light of the world, and we want to bring that hope to people walking through valleys. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much. Uh, we praise you as the creator of the universe and now the one who sustains and holds it all together. Uh, we thank you for the way that um, when we turn to you, you, you say that you will be present with us and we can take tremendous hope uh, from that. And uh, for those of us that uh, have submitted our lives to you, would you help us to have the courage to hold out for that uh, enduring city that, that is promised to us. And for those that are sorting through the amount of, um, you know, walk the walking with Jesus kind of thing, the Christianity thing, I pray that you would help illuminate and make sense of what the Bible says about that and draw people to yourself. Would you allow us to reach many people in this city and many people in other places through our online services to bring hope and light to people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.